You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Welcome to Axe to Grind, the hardcore podcast. My name is Bob. I'm Tom. I'll go second this time. And joining us today, special guest, friend of the podcast. What's up? He's Eric. Eric Should I say my name? Okay. What's up? <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have you record one of those things where, like, when you join these the the teleconference meetings, where it's like record your name, and it's like Eric Wilson, Super <laughs> TV. Um, Eric, how are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Feeling good. Tom, how are you feeling? Doing all right. Sunday night. Sunday feeling night. Feeling all right. Feeling all right. You, all you right. got those Sunday scares getting ready for work. You know, kind of like, oh, yeah. All right. Um, before we get into Sunday scaries, big shout out to our sponsors, Run for Cover Records, oh. Closed Casket Activities, <laughs> Death Wish Inc., Congrats, Try, and To Live a Lie. Yep. Yo, uh, we're just giving the big four shout outs. We're going to do some more in depth stuff. I'm trying to like percolate on good ideas. I want to give you guys some mainline juice to them, but also I know you all appreciate short ads. So go to those respective labels, show them love, buy their shirts, buy their merch, buy their records, buy their distributed items, and enjoy and let them know Axe Grind sent you. Guys, we're going to chop it up today. Longtime listeners, hey, long-time listeners of this podcast will notice there's one voice that is sadly absent, one Patrick Russell Isaiah Kindlin. Um Prick. guys. <laughs> uh Eric, you you also do a podcast with Patrick called Worst Possible Timeline. I believe people I do, I do check that out. Thank you for the shout out. Can you guys go in on the uh nobody knows the trouble I've been through, uh problems you've had with uh Mr. Patrick and his availability or lack thereof for the past few weeks? Oh, uh, where do we get? Tom, would you like to start? I'll give you my very brief story about Chicago that was on the Patreon. So um, I happened to be on vacation, was in Chicago for a weekend, ended up being one of the days that Pat- Patrick was there. So I started working about two weeks out, being like, hey, I'm going to be there on the 17th. Let's record an episode. Haven't been in the same room with you in almost two years. Like, that'll be fun. That'll be great. Sure, sure, sure. Whatever, whatever. Day before I go, so what's up for tomorrow? He just gives me a um a, 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 the the brown line train like the train line in Chicago and a stop to get off. And that's it. I was like, I don't know what that means. Like Tom so is then, either trying to record a podcast or buy bad weed. Right. I feel like you know, it's like <laughs> just yeah, look for a guy in a fucking trench coat and you know, and so about an hour before I'm supposed to check out of the hotel. I get, you know, he he just sends me the address, like no zip code, not that I'm like, okay, being a dick. So I show up and Alan from self-defense, incredibly kind guy, was like, I didn't actually know you were coming until about five minutes ago. So now we're taking over part of this dude's house who's been on tour and he lives with his girlfriend. And like, I've been on tour when I've had a girlfriend. Like, all I want to do is like lay in bed with my girlfriend. Like pretty much like, you know, 100 percent. And. 
you know, like whatever, just to kind of cuddle. That's all, man. It's been fucking three weeks. I've really missed it. So um, we Pat takes over their bedroom to record the podcast. So he's like, you know, Alan's like, oh, dude, it's totally cool, man. I'm like, fuck, I'm really, really sorry. And I hear Pat from the other room like, don't worry about it, man. It's totally cool. I go, yo, asshole, I'm not apologizing to you. <laughs> he thought, I, and I'm like, this is not for you. I'm apologizing to Alan that we're taking over half of his fucking apartment. And I mean, Alan couldn't have been kinder and nicer. So we really appreciate that, obviously. But just trying to plan anything with this dude and like texting him. It infuriates me. He's one of those like you ever like when you text somebody, they don't respond. But then they tweet something like right there after. And, oh, yeah. You know, I know, like, I know you had your fucking phone in here. That guy is either on his phone or on his computer. I mean, he's probably awake. What, like 10 hours a day? <laughs> so I mean eight and a half nine hours he's got some kind of technology in his hand no question and then a half an hour he's got his head in his hand on stage and that's it right I mean is that a fair breakdown I think, I think that's, that's to- as someone who as now that I've lived with him for about a year I think that's a totally fair breakdown all right right so it's, I mean he's not doing much Eric give us give us your version give us the worst possible Patrick situation <laughs> here. um well I so it's a little bit easier on my end two of us so it's really just like i just hit him up you know towards the we usually put out an episode on friday i hit him up about wednesday and i'm like hey i'm around you know i work from home most of the day i can like sneak away for an hour let me know when you're free i know you're in a bus or you're in a van or whatever you know but you know if you if you're at the venue and you got wi-fi or at a hotel or someone's house just let me know and i'll make the time to do it no response. Just never any response. Like, it's just like, I just get the cold shoulder all day and I'm like this motherfucker. <laughs> and then finally I'll get like at nine o'clock, like you good. And I'm like, no, I'm like doing shit now. Like I've, I've made other plans. Like, what do you, what do you like? You, why can't you just no respond respect. when no I text you? Time. Just respond when I text you. Like what? Like, it doesn't have to be like, you don't have to know what you're doing with the day. Just be like, <laughs> I think you, you, like we get to the venue around six, we go on at seven. I'm free at eight. Like, you know, I should be free around eight or I know to keep a window open. Our show is only like an hour or so long, but it's just like, it becomes so exhausting, like reaching out to the dude all the time. And like, at a certain point, I just feel like, you know, I hate feeling like I'm annoying someone or like I'm nagging. Like, I don't want to fucking do that. Like I hate wrangling people. So at a certain point, I'm like last week we did. I just did the episode on my own. Fuck, I just ranted for an hour by myself and people liked it. So that, yes. that, that was good. But uh, we managed to get an hour in the other day. But then he doesn't put the fucking episode in the drive. So we have an episode and it's just sitting on his computer somewhere. So and Tom, I'm like, well, that doesn't fucking help me. Tom, I think this is this is one of the fun peculiarities with the way all this works. Uh, as as when you. On Axe to Grind, Patrick is the basically the technical guy. He does the editing and, and yeah, uploads and sound the, the podcast. Right, right, stuff, right, yeah. right. On Worst Possible Timeline, ha- Eric, you do most of that, right? You upload oh, the episode he, and all that? Oh, he I'll, he'll, yeah, he edits it and then I will, I will, he'll throw it in the drive and then and I then upload you it. You upload it. So, yeah, that's, yeah. It's, a, it's a slightly different thing. It's funny the way the uh, responsibility chains change here. Um, my, here's my problem. So Eric, you know, like when you text him, I would think he doesn't like, so Bob and I are in a, in a group chat with him. Yeah. And I mean, if we're being honest, this is like a, 
part of our responsibility. It's we owe people. Yeah, yeah we do. You know, like this is kind of like a part time job for us. So like, yeah. I don't mute that conversation because like this is like my job texting me. Yeah, we're, right? we're, we're working on the Slack channel. To me. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I have a bunch of like fucking, you know, group chats that it's muted because it's like, oh, they're funny memes or whatever. the fuck. Like this is like never anything that I don't need to know. So it's like I should actually be paying attention to this. So if he mutes us because we're a group chat, I don't think it's appropriate, but I think it's something that he might do more understandable. But the fact that it's like you're texting him directly, like either he has you muted or he looks and goes, eh. I, I don't know. What, I don't want to speculate because it would it would it would hurt my feelings to think he's just straight up ignoring me. I think he looks at it and goes, "I don't really know," and then just doesn't. Like I don't think he wants to respond. He says it out loud. Yeah, man. Do I have to? I, I guess I'm going to have to cape up for Pat. I will say this: literally a bad texter. Just quite honestly, bad texter. When sure. he chooses to be, he's he's just fine. But. What's funny is exactly the situation you said, Eric, where you're like, hey, you good for 930? In his defense, which I, I don't find myself putting it myself here, uh, he does it with Action Grind too, where I'll be like, hey, we good for 830? Tom, yes. And then the problem is what, what you should be doing with Patrick is assuming he is. And that is a weird state of being because just saying to someone, hey, you good for 830? And then no responding, but showing up is rare, right? Like, like if you told someone, hey, meet me at the movie. kind of a wild. I know. All right. So, Bob, if I go, hey, hey, Thursday at eight o'clock, do you want to go see a movie? And it's, t- it's Sunday. And you go. And you don't. And, and, and I, don't I don't respond at all. But then I'm at the movie theater. And I'm like, hey, where are you? Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why didn't you yeah, respond? No, that's not, to, that's not well, how it's that not works. same day. It's not I, like, it, you know, that's Patrick. I mean, it, 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 yeah. that's Pat. Um, yeah, that's yeah. that's what he is. So the, the, the reality uh, is, like, I, I know we're, we're this. We're doing this just to bitch about him. But like, I <laughs> I know he's in a fucking van. You know what I mean? I know he's not like he doesn't have like super availability. I know he has a girlfriend on the other side of the planet. I know he has phone like, several jobs. Hand. So, like, at the end of the day, I'm like, dude's busy. Like, I don't, you know, whatever. He'll get back to me when Bullshit. he gets back to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm busy. Yeah, Bob's I'm busy. busy. But, but we're, busy we are in, we're in, we're in apartment. We're, we're, we are stationary. Potentially, you know, I know you, you, you mean he's back- currently on a traveling vessel serving quality music to the, the ears of America. I, yeah, totally. Yeah, right. Precisely. But most of the time that he's doing that, his fucking phone is in his hand because there's <laughs> nothing else to do in a goddamn sprinter. It's true. Um, all right. Yo, Hardcore. let's uh, let's Fuck shout this. out. Fuck let's shout guy. out Patrick. Uh, we miss you. We will, no see you. we will hear you next week. Um, I mean, I saw him, so I don't really miss him. You're, you're done. I mean, you're I, what, what I'm hearing is a consolidation of worst possible timeline on Instagram. Oh yeah, we yeah, just we just Eric's in Eric's in. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm here. I don't know. Um, well, I, I actually I caught on. him when I was in New York, so I don't I don't exactly I don't I don't miss him terribly. But uh, and he'll be in L.A. I think on Friday. So and he's gonna crash here. So so we will be he's gonna crash at his apartment. <laughs> he's gonna crash at his own apartment. Yeah, for the night. I mean, uh, he's still charming in person. I gotta say, hanging out with him, we had a blast in Chicago. Oh, I love him to death. Even though trying to get thought, to that point is a fucking maybe nightmare. Seeing him, you thought maybe seeing him, you were gonna uh, give him a left and a right. Yeah, I remember like, oh, remember all the jokes about COVID and like I'm a fucking CNN liberal. I'm like, well, here's your <laughs> chance, step up, bitch. And um, and I was like, oh no, like we talk and it's like a lot of fun. And like he like tells me all like this like you know like we just about like the process of everything and like 
about the stuff that's going on on the internet with a former straight, a uh, very famous straight edge band from the eighties. Mm. Um, it's now public knowledge. He told me about that. That's right. Um, which yeah, I mean, which is fucking nuts. Um, so do we do? Does Eric know about that? Should we talk about this a little bit? I, I don't know. Mind talking about it, I wouldn't mind. I don't think I know about, about this. Okay. Um, so it was speculated about online that members of the band Youth of Today caught COVID, um, and we're not forthcoming about that information. Is that fair to say that's out on the internet? There, Tom. Yes. Yes. Okay. So like, some members caught it who were not vaccinated. Yep. One member who was vaccinated did not catch it. Okay. And then another member of the band, also not vaccinated, was not informed. Right. That the other folks had gotten it and then went on to his full time oh. musician job yeah. with people and potentially yeah. expose them and all that without knowing it's not his fault. Do Shit. here's my question. Do we care too much about what these folks are doing um, in a personal way? Like, like, and I, I say this kind of to be broader than we are even now, but like, we're specifically not naming these people because there's a, there's an element to me where it's like, yo, honestly, I don't feel comfortable talking about someone's medical in that public of a way. But these are public figures in a sense, even if that public is small. Yeah. And they have a platform, whatever it is. So, so do we care too much? And then broadly, how do you feel about what was just said? And Eric, you're hearing this for the first time. So why don't you kick us off? Yeah. Um, well, geez. Um, I know I hit you with the high big stuff first. Yeah. Yeah. So, so these guys are of, of another generation. They are of another religion that is uh you know will steer the decisions of of the that they make in their lives um is it irresponsible to catch covid and be around other people and not tell them uh yeah for sure that's it's kind of it's kind of not cool um can i ask you a question too can i follow up on that with you sure do you think people like so say it's a religious thing that people don't want to get vaccinated or whatever and that's like whatever like it's not for us to argue or whatever but do you think like, so say, you know, player A is in this like, incredible shape, catches COVID because they're not vaccinated and ends up being like incredibly sick. Right. Like, like, you know, like on near, near deathbed sick. Do you think like they have any responsibility to use their platform to kind of be like, Hey, this thing is no joke. Like, look at me. I'm like a world-class athlete. It almost killed me. Please make sure you take care of yourself in whatever way that may be. Because I think like a lot, especially in New York hardcore uh, in the olds, like I'm a young person in New York hardcore compared to some of these folks, but they, their whole thing is like, you know, man, like if you drink water and, and you're not fat, you're not going to die. But like, <laughs> yeah. it does yeah. kill people that are in good shape. And yeah, of almost course it, it does. Of course it does. But th- that's um, the narrative. If you listen to certain people, it's kind of like, for sure, you know, eat, you know, whatever, you know, eat kale and don't be fat and you'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. You got to eat the sauerkraut. Um, look, <laughs> is it the responsibility? I don't know. I mean, I have a hard time like 
you know, I guess I kind of, I kind of fall in the PK camp where it's like, I don't, I, I can't really tell these guys what to do. However, I will say, even if, if you're not vaccinated and you know, what's going on in this world, like, like, I hope you're getting tested like regularly. You know what I mean? Like that's not against your religion. Is it to see that you like, you, if, especially if you're going to be around other people and out there doing the thing. So like, you know, I think that's, if you want to mitigate, right, the personal freedoms versus broader, uh, you know, social responsibility, I, I, I have no sympathy for people that like won't um, take be proactive about the fact that like they are more susceptible than their vaccinated counterparts. And like you should if, if you're going to if, if you don't want to get the vaccine, you want to hold up in your in your space for the rest of your life or not, you know, or only do things outdoors or something or be super careful about it. Like, I guess like, you know, fine. But like, if you're going to, if you're going to be out there sweating on people on stage and in crowded rooms and, you know, expelling, uh, you know, moisture from your body in tight spaces, then, yo, you should be getting tested. You should be making sure that you don't have the thing that can potentially kill other people. So, um, I don't know if that answers your question, really. I know. You no, I think it does. I, I think it does. Because I mean, I think a couple of weeks back, you know, I had on the on the podcast with Bob, like I I had gotten COVID. I was fully vaccinated and everything. And I got it anyway. Yeah. And my whole thing was like using the whatever platform that we have to kind of be like, yo, like I'm not the youngest human being and I'm overweight. Like this could have killed me. Yeah if I didn't actually follow the fucking science and get sure, yeah. vaccinated, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, we talk about like, you know, uh, Rob from black train Jack had passed away from COVID. That's like common knowledge. That's like public knowledge, but he, it was before he was, he was able to get vaccinated. Right. Yeah, that's right. He's not that much older than me. He's a heavy guy too. Like it's, it's obviously we're in a fucking dangerous kind of cohort, but like just to kind of use whatever to be like, Hey man, if you're on the fence, and you're not if you're older, if you're not in the best of shape or whatever, like learn from me. Like I got it going to a show where everybody was vaccinated. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know that, I mean? well that's, yeah. I mean, not to get too worst possible timeline on you, all, but like it, it is it is interesting how like just a couple of months ago it was like you're vaccinated. It's all good. Like you don't have to worry about it anymore. It's spitting each other's mouths. It's great. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. And it's just like just a couple <laughs> short months later, it's like, oh, wait a second. Maybe these vaccines don't totally they're not as foolproof as we thought no they ameliorate the problems you're not going to die yeah, yeah. and that's fine yeah, I mean, no, i'll take you're, it you're very unlikely that you're going to die unless you're old and have like some pretty harsh uh comorbidities or whatever but right, uh right. yeah but you can still get it you can still spread it which is why i think you know again not to get too in the weeds but like with these mandates and stuff you know i think we should still be testing people because evidently yeah. you can get it and spread it even with the vaccine so um you know, I don't want to see, you know, again, if you're out here and you're and you're living on the edge and you and you don't want to get the vaccine and your personal freedoms and whatever. OK, but, you know, it's still, you know, it it's still a thing. You, you're still putting people at risk, especially if you're living, you know, that kind of um, lifestyle. I, yeah. so, I mean, I think you have an obligation to kind of be like, hey, by the way, buddy, just to let you know. We're in this van. We're on this basketball court. We're. Right. Well, you know, going to this restaurant, like I, I, I don't have any symptoms, but I did test positive for it. Like, oh, yeah, I feel like it's, that's a fucking like that. I think that's pretty fucking shitty. 
If whatever you, positive, you whatever you should tell everybody you should be anyone you've been in contact with. Hey, go get because it could you could still be early enough in the in the weeds right. there where you can, you know, do what you got to do to mitigate whatever problems might occur. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah, like if if you if you you know, if you are asymptomatic, you get tested positive and you're with you were with other people within the last two days. There's enough time to be like, hey, guys, guess what? I have covid. You should go get tested. And if you test positive, you're still in the asymptomatic zone, which means if you're going to get the harsher symptoms, should you be if you're unvaccinated, like there's you can go to a doctor, you can get medical help, you can like you can attack it, you know, before you start getting really down bad. As right. right. I, I largely agree with everything you guys said. And I don't you know, we, we've we've done a good job of this with the covid stuff. And I, I agree. I think, Tom, you said it well. There's a certain responsibility to those, especially in your direct circle and people you've had contact with, as Eric said. My big thing here is do we care too much in that way about these people's lives that, ugh, man, it just gets kind of gnarly the way that some people get put on pedestals in this hardcore world. And like, I just want to say for better and worse, these are people with opinions that you may or may not agree with. And just because yeah. you don't agree with their opinion and you might, you might feel really strongly and there might be a subject quite worthy of your strong feelings like we're talking about but it's a weird confluence when it happens with people who have higher profiles in this weird little niche world that then it becomes it seems as though like the walls are caving in and it's like people taking pot shots people taking shit just you know slicing at them eight different ways when you know and i think i think it'd be hard <laughs> You know, it's it's. It, I agree. COVID's one of the few things where it's like, oh, shit, man, you're making this hard for me because I want to let people live on it. You know, I want to yeah. let people make their own decisions, but this one's tough. So, where are you guys at on that? Go ahead. I mean, I think you know we we do, but like they've put themselves on these pedestals as well, and they've benefited off these. Pe- you know what I'm saying? Like if sure, they were sure. just kind no of question. like, no question. Hey, man, I'm just like a fucking singer songwriter, bro. I got COVID and I'm playing the fucking, you know, the strip in, in Nashville. And I didn't tell anybody like, like the, you know, we're doing it raw fucks. tonight, stripping it down. This, this, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I got like, my acoustic. This one's called can't close my eyes. Right. If you aren't on the fucking pedestal that you're on, you're not making all the money. You're not getting flown places. You're not doing all the shit. So like, it's kind of hand in hand. I don't like if, if I wouldn't take, you know, say Ray's Ray's word over somebody else's word, just because he's Ray. Right. But I think there's like probably being, people who do. Right. There's probably sure. people who do. Of course. But I mean, I, but I think there's, you know, like in a way, it's sort of like, you know, you would, their whole thing was about like selflessness and looking out for your fellow man and, you know, fellow woman, fellow human being and all this sort of stuff. And you're like, well, like this shit's going to mess with daddy's money. So I'm not saying anything. Like that's kind of fucking gross if we're being honest. And I think, you know, like if part of your, your platform, you know, like if you're a fucking, you know, if I had fucking I could have had COVID not seen anybody, you know, and do, you know, talk every week to everybody. It would none. People would have been none the wiser and I put anybody at risk. Right. If this right. was like a fucking on the road talk show that we were in a different city every week for, you know, extra grind and I was sick and I didn't tell anybody like I'm a shithead. Like for those yeah. like these people, like, you know, what's up and like, you know, it's not going it either goes against your public face because you're like, this is bullshit. 
COVID's fake or whatever the fuck. Yeah. And then you have to be like, hey, guys, I fucked up. It's real. And I got it. I, I feel I feel like I'm right between the two of you guys because I I'm I feel Bob I really want to let other people live you know especially you know especially within hardcore where it's like I you know one of the main lessons I took away from listening to hardcore for my my whole life is like yo you gotta think for your fucking self you know don't don't right don't buy into the bullshit like you know use your brain you know be you, you know like it is very this sort can of, I follow up on that. But well, just real quick, let me just I just yes. want to finish because I don't want to, you know, I want to I'm I'm with you as well, Bob. If you know that you're sick and you have COVID and you don't fucking tell people, oh, there's no there's that's really shitty, man. That's that's no, you're like, not wrong. It, not wrong at all. Hey, what's up? My name's Lurk, and I'm the host of Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast. Every week I have in-depth conversations with bands from all over the scene, big and small. We also like to keep our finger on the pulse and showcase up and coming bands on the show as well. So come check out Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast. Tom, you know? so, yeah. Oh, so my thing was like, like what Eric is saying about like um, people got to, you know, like I feel like I, I agree with you with most of that stuff, but like this is something that you can't live your own fucking reality because you're like you can get other people sick and or die. You know what I'm saying? Like this isn't no. like you don't have to believe in fucking taxes or like you don't have to, you know, like fucking <laughs> Biden sucks just as much as but like whatever. No, totally cool, I, bro. I, I, but yeah. like when it's I, like this is the one thing we everyone has to kind of work together on or like we're there's still going to be like thousands and tens of thousands of people dying constantly yeah. for no reason. I, I meant it more from the from the the place I was coming from with that notion is like, yo, I don't follow any of these dudes like I'm not going right. to take yes, yes. any of these dudes opinion on COVID or what to do or what not. Oh, to no, do. no. Regardless what it is, I'm going to think for myself, I'm going to ingest whatever information's out there and make my own decision because I'm fucking thinking that's what hard. That's the lesson that I took away from hardcore. I'm yeah. a thinking individual with a brain and, who can and, think critically. And, and I like, sure. So yeah, you're not so looking like, to fucking anybody be no. like, you know, I wonder what Matt bold thinks about no, fucking and, and, this right. medication. Cause, cause and that's cause, fine. Cause that's the thing, right? Like that's, that's you guys are both circling the wagon here really well. The idea to me is, and as we have this conversation and someone's listening to us, you know, thank you for giving us your time and your attention. Um, I will also really say, yo, make your own decision. I'm not, I'm not happy if someone listens to you or me or you and says, yep, 100%, that is what it is. Maybe you agree with us and maybe you synthesize that. Maybe you feel the same way. Maybe you, you got a different twist on it or you're like 75% of the way there. Because that, as Eric said, is the real the message, and and kind of the question going back to my original thing was, are we too too up in the mix? And 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 that's sort of this weird connectivity that you see. You know what I mean? Like, um, I listened to well, that's what interview. I kind of meant. Yeah, go yeah. Ahead. I'm sorry. No, I, no, I about like when you. Well, I'm sorry, go ahead. So, <laughs> I, I listened right. to this interview. No, 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 it's okay. I listened to this interview with uh, with one of these folks, and you know, it was. It was a really good interview, but but then one of the interviews like, oh, I saw your kid doing this thing, and you know, and it was cool. And uh, the person who was answered the question was really open and had no problem talking about it. But I was like, oh, that's interesting because, you know, if this is a fanzine interviewing someone in 1990 or 2000 or even 2010 for all we care. You know, it could be a Tumblr interview. You know, you maybe don't have that same level of insight and like looking through the keyhole into someone's life 
And that distance might be healthy with some of this stuff because we, we end up too entwined and there's a little too much just interjection of, of this. And, and like, I don't know about either of you, but when I read something too personal about someone that I don't know like that, sometimes I, I back away from it and go, ah, oh, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, ah, I'm with you that. know, and I, I think we all have seen it in this world. It's, it ends up being kind of, uh, you know, a fish tank. And um, I don't, I don't always feel comfortable with it, though here we are. And it's, you're right, Tom, you're, you're not wrong at even, one percent wrong that the uh the clear way to a, a better path or or us getting out of this shit is is full buy-in and and i think privately i would have the conversation of think about the platform that some of these people have and the weight that their words carry right and like you can share your experience like that's their whole thing that's why we look at all these folks in a, in a different light you know because it's like they're they're sharing their experiences but like knowing like if you you know two fucking 55 year old shredded human beings true you know caught this and we're like in really bad shape if that you know wakes up 20 people to go fuck man i really all right you know what? Like I was holding out, but like, look what it almost did to these two folks that are like in better shape than 98% of hardcore. Like, you know, maybe I'll, let me look at it a different through a different lens now, because I see what it can do. Like, I, I feel like that, you, yeah. you have like a, you have a, you know, when you're, you, you, I don't know. I, I feel like you have some sort of, you know, responsibility. You know, if you're, if your whole thing is sharing in your experience, you know, like, this is an experience that might be useful for other people to hear about. You're saying keep that it, same energy. I think right. it, like it, 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 it's almost, I mean, it boils down to kind of a philosophical, philosophical question of the sense of like, if you are public facing, if you have a platform, what, what exactly is your responsibility? To, uh, because there yeah. are, pl- there are lots of people sure. like, like myself, there are lots of people like us that say, yo, I don't, I don't, I don't take my cues from from the media I consume. I, I you know, there are yes, plenty of people yes. that that think for themselves, but there's also plenty of people that are their brains are like fucking sponges and they will they will follow the book of Joe Rogan, you know what I mean? So it's like wh- but what is that? You know, like what's wh- who defines like what your obligations are versus I, I don't know. It, it's, I mean it's, there it's, are it's none. Like, uh, yeah, it just you would hope I, some people would use their their experiences to kind of help other folks. Yeah, and, I'm not and, saying and you I owe guess, everyone every piece of your fucking life. I mean, that's not how it works. No, but but I guess what it comes to, I'm being on the PK role yeah, this like week this. because I'm, like I'm doing what he does. Where it's like, but you get through it quickly. These 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 guys have certain anti-vax people, whatever you know. They have certain. They think they're doing the right thing. You know what I mean? They think that they're they're fulfilling their social obligation because there's some uh, nefarious evil around the vaccine, which I, of course, and everyone, uh, the both of you think is nonsense. But mm-hmm. w- you know what I mean? Like we see those people as idiots and we hope that no one takes their cue. But of course they do. And it's like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how to to answer for that. I don't know how to like yeah, how to, how to mitigate fair. that. I, I mean, my whole thing is, hey, guess what? I'm fucking vaccinated. Y'all do you. You know what I mean? Like I'm right. protected. 
you know, ostensibly, you know, I know I can still get it and I can still spread it. So I'm still careful in whatever sense, but like, I, I'm protecting myself. And you, if you feel want to good, eat you feel good where you're at. You're feel good I feel good. If you want to eat sauerkraut and you're convinced that that's going to, you know, then, you know, bless, you know, God bless long life to you. I, I, yes. I wish you nothing but the best, but I'm protected. So everyone, you do whatever you want. Guys, uh, we, we've covered COVID corner. Thank you. Um, I want to move the, move the conversation. You guys are both from New York. I have a few New York related questions, but since we end up being so goddamn New York centric for good reasons, I'm going to keep it light, except for this one. I need both your answers. I think you've both lived in these places. And you guys get to dis- who's going to start? Who's going to answer? First? Eric can go. Eric's the guest. First? Eric's the guest. Yeah. I got to uh, pull out the New Yorker. Hey, oh, yeah. the Mets, baby. What's going <laughs> fuck on? Fuck out of here. The fucking traffic. Wait. And you're both, you're both Mets fans. Is that correct? No, Yankees, oh, baby. You're Yankees, right. Okay, Scumbag. good. Even better. <laughs> fucking Queens. He's a fucking Well, Yankee there's our question. Yourself. Queens or Brooklyn? Kick us off, Eric. The Queens all day. Was that even a real question? Oh, fucking oh, Brooklyn. Oh, oh. <laughs> all right. Brooklyn, give me, you're from, you're give from me. Bay Ridge, right? Sunset Park. Sunset Park. So Bob, Bob's from the real Brooklyn. You know what I mean? Like he's. Me? I'm Tom. I wish Tom. you would still call I mean, me by my Tom. real name now. Yeah. Excuse yeah. me. Excuse me. Sorry. Bob never lived in Brooklyn. I don't think. No, I never lived in Brooklyn. He's lived I'm a lot of places and he's rocked them all, but he's never. Let me, let me scale Upper back. West Side Tom, for a little bit. Tom guys. is from the real Brooklyn. Yeah. So, so why Queens over Brooklyn? Hmm. I mean, I think a story is the, the, the nicest neighborhood in all of New York city, like put together, um, you know, you, you got that, you got that end train, you got that, uh, you know, you got the, you got them views. Like it's Queens is, uh, it's the most diverse County in the entire world. You got, you got everything. Um, it's, it's, it's a joy. I love what you got flushing meadow park. Come on, mm-hmm. what are we okay. talking about? It's called flushing for a reason. Tom, <laughs> you are currently a Queens resident, correct? That's correct. Yes. Uh, give us the reasons. Brooklyn, side. Give us the reason Brooklyn is better. Um, I mean, they could both rot if you ask me, but um, <laughs> I think uh, Brooklyn. I mean, Brooklyn is pretty pretty. Um, we got a little bit of everything. I think you know. Now, like when people talk about like, you know, I'm moving to New York, everyone's moving to Brooklyn. That's true. They're not moving to Manhattan. They're not moving. You know, Astoria is a great, you know, a great neighborhood. It's kind of lost its luster when because people found out about it. Yeah, that's true. And it's kind of been overtaken by douche. Yeah, um, but it was like a legit, like old school fucking New York neighborhood. It was great. Um, but Brooklyn, you know, it's like you have Williamsburg. So when you're like in your like, you know, early 20s. Early to mid twenties, you get yep. fucking weird. You do coke, you get bagels, whatever you want. Oh yeah. <laughs> then you move to Greenpoint when you like get a little older, right? Right. Because I think that's usually how it goes. It used to be like you're, you're from Brooklyn, you get money, you move to Staten Island, then you move to Jersey. Now you go. I moved from fucking Omaha to Williamsburg. <laughs> I'm living with nine people off the fucking you know off Broadway, Mar- you know the Broadway Junction stop. Yep. Yep. You do whatever drugs and, you know, illicit things you may want to do. Then you're like, you know, I got this job in advertising. I'm going to move to Greenpoint. Yep. Greenpoint has a ton of different food. It's got a bunch of waterfront, which is beautiful. Um, We have Prospect Park, which blows uh, flushing meadows out of the water. Um, Queens does have the Mets. 
Um, the worst part. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know where where do they in coming to America? Where do they go to? They go to Queens, baby. Right. They're like, bring us like the shittiest place in New York. And they're like, I know where to go. <laughs> Queens. There you go. And they and they bring them to to McDowell's or whatever out in. Uh, I think it's in Woodhaven or Elmhurst. Sounds right. It's 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 on Queens Boulevard. I think. it was Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I never understood the appeal of Greenpoint. It's you got to take the G train, which means if you're trying to go to Manhattan, you got. That, to I mean, it does suck for that sort of stuff, but it's kind of like so everything you need is really there. So you don't necessarily need to go to Manhattan, but it does, for travel, for transportation, it does kind of suck. But like, I love Greenpoint. I, I like McCarran Park a lot. And they got, oh, my God, the Peter Pan uh, donut donuts. shop on Manhattan Avenue is fucking unbelievable. Like uh, unbelievable, like some of the best donuts you'll ever have. The Very best good. I've ever had in my life, and I've been to a lot of donut places. It's not the best hey, I've ever donut had, friend over here. <laughs> what do you say, Bob? I've been to a lot of good donut places. It's not the best, but it's very good. It's very good. It might get be. This, no, is it the best in New York? It's up there in New York. It's probably. The best I mean, here's the thing. I'm going to tell great. you both. Southern California smokes the country with donuts because they have all these weird random mom and pop spots. Right, right. So you get fresh ones all the damn time. Like there's people who tell you, like, yo, donut friend, I'm not trying to be dick. They might even somebody who works there might hear this. You're fine. I like, like it. Oh yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's fine. It's like, but it's like that to me is like I get it. You're a small business, so support, support. I think it's hardcore related, so I'm into that. But like I also like I like the donut places that don't really even have names. It's just donuts. And it's like, oh, it's this place over here. You know, there was a donut place on by Golden by Westminster Mall, uh, I think off Golden West in, in Orange County that was unbelievable good. And there's and I could probably name 10 others where you get them and like just standard, whatever, just good donuts. The glazed donuts, they just are so soft. And oh, man, give me on a donut conversation guys i'll, I'll do yeah, a there's not a lot of mom and pops around here well duncan duncan choked them out man so I mean, not, and that's not like just like yeah can i tell you Duncan's what though i've bad. lived in i've lived in los angeles for nearly a year now and i think and and it while all the local donut spots are great i think peter pan and maybe this is just hometown pride but peter pan i think is is better better than any of the donuts i've had in los angeles uh, what's the donut shop with the giant donut on top that's like Rand- pretty Randy's like, Randy's Randy's donuts. Yeah, it's okay. Randy's. Yeah. Um, Any good or is it just for, for schmucks like me? It's fine. From it's out fine. Down? Totally it's good. Fine. Totally good. passable. Totally uh, six and a half to an eight, depending on what you get. Totally fine. Um, did a donut eating taste test at Revelation that I believe was a secret page on the Revelation website. I don't think it's still up, but it was <laughs> a great, great prank to, to tie it in hardware. Okay. I'm going to get back to a couple things here, guys. There was a Slapshot Sheer Terror show tonight in Asbury Park. I couldn't go because I was doing birthday stuff with my son. Yep. Um, how many people were in attendance uh, approximately, would you guess? At House of Independence, which is a... I don't know what the... 500 cap, 600 cap? Yep, yep, yep. In 2021, gonna... Slapshot Sheer Terror. Two <sighs> bands that I think everybody on this call at least <coughs> likes, if not loves. Love Eric can go first. I mean, if the room wasn't packed out, I'm disappointed, but it probably wasn't. I, I don't know if it was a 500 cap room. It's a Sunday. Was it a matinee show? 
Uh, no. no, but evening. I think that I think it's it's been over for a while now. Um, I don't know. I would hope. I would hope three hundo, but okay. but that sounds. I'm gonna like, say like sounds like. Yeah, you go. I'm gonna say eighty five. Yeah, I think yeah. that's about it. About a hundred is what I was told. Right. Yeah. The video I saw a, a a buddy former um guest Andy posted a video of slap shot. I know, yeah. pretty shot. Yo, even the New York show didn't look that great. Was New York the other night? New York was Friday night against military. Not that like a lot of people oh. were either going military gun or sheer terror, but there's a few. Um, military gun and crime and stereo also played the same night. Different Yo, shows. So there were three shows in a mile of each other. Ooh, so so here's the question for you both. Yes. I think it was a little different. Eric, you're 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 younger than us, not not uh, by uh by decades, but decade. Um, wh- what do you think has changed since you were young and getting into hardcore? Because I know you like a lot of the classics. You really like a lot of them. But and you went to see X for God's sake. Well, yeah, you oh, went to see yeah, X, X. But like you, all the New York classics you love, you love some of the Boston classics too. Is there something sure. different now to you? Because by my eyes and estimation... I think there's just less of a connection, not necessarily to the music, but actually wanting to go see some of these acts when they play. You know, like, yo, I I was actively upset that I didn't go. I was like, oh, shit. But I had, like, there was no, it wasn't an option. I was like, oh, you know, if I didn't, even if I just had normal daily stuff going on, I would have figured out how to go see Slapshot and, and Sheer Terror. Right. And if I was 20... I would have been, it would have been marked on my calendar and circled. You know what I right, mean? Right. You would have been first yeah, in line. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, so what is, do, do you feel the same? Do you think, because Tom, you said it well. I don't think there was huge crossover. I think there was huge crossover between Military Gun Show and, say, Crime and Stereo Coyo, because the, the support lineup for the Crime and Stereo Show was really well put together and active, young, currently what's going on. That between a Military Gun Spice Show, big crossover. But I don't think there was big crossover between those shows and Sheer Terror Slapshot. You know, there, there's probably more than you think, though, I bet, because all that appeals to me and I can't be the only guy in the world. You know, the, the, it, I, it's tough to say. Like, I, I don't like when I first because you're right. I love like the classics. I love the old head bands. And, you know, 10 years ago, 11 years ago, like sheer terror had been broken up for a minute so they were pulling big crowds um you know now they've been doing it for a little while so i think that probably accounts for something they're also not for nothing and no offense and don't don't come across my head with like an eight ball and a sock they're (laughs) 10 years older you know what i mean like like so that 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 counts for something you know um which also like just as a quick aside it like God bless Roger Merritt. I hope he's on. I hope he's all good. It really hit me. Like, I know he's been going through some rough shit and it hit me. I realized like these guys aren't going to be around forever. And I love this music. And I, if agnostic front, whenever they play again, like I'm gonna, I'm going to make a concerted effort to see them because I really like, I, I don't know, like, um, but I guess that's, you know, to digress really, um, you know, there's probably still, we're, I think as covid restrictions had lightened up people were like really excited to like get out to shows and now shows have been happening for a minute so maybe there's a little bit of a die off there where it's like 
everyone got their their yayas out, and now they're uh, they're they're chilling again. Tom, what do you think? Is, what, no, think what's the crossover? Right. Yeah, what's the crossover between military gun spice and sheer terror slap shot? I mean, I think all the shows like that pull at pull at the fr- like the phrase like the the fringes. So there's somebody that goes like, yeah, well, ah, fuck, I would probably go see Sheer Terror tonight, but like, Crime and Stereo is doing like their big classic record. When am I going to get a chance to see that? Or, right. you know, you know, fuck, I really like that Crime and Stereo record, but it's like Sheer Terror and Slapshot in a place that fits 200 people. Fuck, I gotta go. You know what I mean? Like it's. I think it it kind of pulls like there's certain people that it's like you couldn't get them to go see fucking military gun with the fucking shotgun to their head because they won't see shit or whatever, no matter what. But there's enough like that. It kind of pulls at you know, the, 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 the 150 show, you know, 150 people show becomes 122 because those 28 people that would have usually come to see you are taking advantage of seeing something else that they might not see again, like the crime stereo stuff or like military gun or whatever. I mean, I mean, like, I, I th- yeah, no, go on, go on. What was the, I mean, Bob, you may know this. The Thursday night, there was a show in Asbury. Right. Blind Justice and the That's fight. Right. Blind and, Justice, and Dead Heat, Heat, the fight. Be, uh, be all end all. New band. Yep. Be all end all. Yep. Right, so like, like all, so you get a little bit of everything. You get brand new band. I think Fatal Wound, uh, who's members of Warren and Chrome Skulls and stuff. I'm psyched to hear that their new demo. Yep, Madden. Oh and no, shit! Dan, awesome. Dan, the dude who sings in Warren, sings in this band too. Oh, awesome! Okay, um, so it's cool. It's like a super group almost. You get Blind Justice, who hasn't played a lot, and you know it's always a draw here. Dead Heat, from California, Be All End All, who low key from Florida, really good band. Um, yeah. look good. It was in the Bond Street basement. Good little venue. But what do I think? More than hundred kids. Well, that same I don't show know. happened on on Long Island at a at a VFW. My buddies were at last night, and they said there was a band. I'm sorry, I don't know the name uh, with a woman singer, and they covered '86 Mentality, and that sounded cool as fuck. Oh, that's really cool. That's really cool. Um, I don't. Oh, oh, I know which Jay Cox's band. Yeah, that's a cool band. Uh, a nosebleed. Yep, nosebleed. nosebleed. Yep. Yes, that's yep. right. They said it to me in the text really cool band. I'm old and so, can't remember things. But yo, that that's um. I think that that's the show, those shows you think, especially it's the fight record release, all that. You think, yo, like, I'd be sort of surprised if I'm sure members of the fight would be like, yes, Slapshot, Sheer Terror, we're inspired or influenced by them. But at the shore, and this might be different in different places, I think there's something interesting because we, a lot of people are excited and love that music. Eric, you pointed it out. Tom, we've talked about it a million times. A lot of these bands have played around enough that it's now not it's not novel to go see them. And I don't say that in a negative way. I say in a like, hey, the, and are they going to give you the same set? Are they going to do something new? How frequent does it happen? And it, it, you know, this goes back to an old thing we used to talk about, which is managing the reunion well. Um, and there's different ways to slice that apple, right? Like Slapshot doesn't play a lot. Sheer Terror, by all stretch of things, doesn't play a ton, but both they've played ba- Brooklyn like two or three times since things started reopening. Yeah, well, it, they it was a lot. a lot. And exactly what I was going to say is they play a whole lot more than either of your bands, Tom. You know what I mean? And it's there's a lot of reasons for that, yeah. but like you also kind of manage and think about it like you don't want to. Uh, like like butter spread over toast too thin. You don't want to spread it too thin. You don't want to be like, oh, well, 
they play all the time. I don't need to see them now, you know, because because you you start to go, hey, so Quicksand's a fun example. They just put out a new record. They're doing this full U.S. tour. They're playing a lot of their new songs off of it. Record's great, by the way. Yes, it is. And and so it's like, hey, you're going to see them. You're going to see something you haven't seen before. Right. We we have qualms about all that, but but like with bands, like you're not currently planning any new material for Indecision or Most Precious Blood, at least not to my knowledge. No. Huh. And you you'll change the setup a little bit, but you're also you know you're aware like, hey, if we go do this, if we play New York once a month for the next twelve months, by December 2022, or you know, we're going to be overhearing the same fucking twelve songs, right? So yeah, so I think yeah. there's that element too at play here. Yeah, I mean, think about it. It also means something too, like. For older folks, like when was the last time, if there was a last time that Sh- Slapshot ever played Asbury Park or the surrounding areas? Oh, I mean, yeah, did they? I, I don't think so. I don't, I don't. So, but I, I, maybe and, to, and like, it's crazy to me. To those old heads, they probably maybe never had a connection to them. Well, like that's just, how, like, was, I fucking. There was beef for a long time, right? Like Slapshot didn't play New York ever or with New York bands. Oh, no. I mean, that's that's also true. But I'm saying like even like with Asbury, like so like shit gets passed down there. Like it's like like fucking ancient Rome. So like, you know, everybody still loves Underdog because Underdog played there over the years. So you have a connection to them. Always. always Slapshot never came there. Then the fucking old heads that passed it down to like Bob's generation Mm -hmm. who passed it down to the Blind Justice generation. Sure. It may never have happened. Yeah, the generations in between too, you know, because it's yeah. There's there's a there's I mean, it's, it's yeah, funny, it's, you yeah. know, because you're right. You you paint a good picture. By fact, I don't know. Slapshot played New Jersey some point in the '90s, um, I believe, or we're supposed to, and then it didn't happen. But it wasn't at the shore. Like, right. did they did play Fast Lane? They ever no, play? I don't. You no. know, they they probably they played City Gardens, I'm sure, which is out in Trenton, not the shore, but um, that probably makes. 30 years which is about like eight generations of hardcore kids you know right. what i mean so right. so you go through it and you realize that there's a there's a pull and you know it's something we talked about a little bit on recent patreon but it's like eric you're you're a great person to ask this because you got into some of the stuff with bands who are you know like you said old head bands what did you get into did you get into their whole catalogs how did you get into it? What drew you to it? And what like what made it stick to you when many of these bands were, by all definition, old man bands by the time you were interested in them, say 10, 12 years ago? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I don't I don't not not really sure. Like, I guess when I was in high school or middle school and I was first getting into I made the leap from ska music to to like <laughs> punk and hardcore right and you know you're kind of you you know i was sort of taken under the wing of another dude with green hair that i went to school with and you know he, uh, he was like oh you like operation ivy that's cool like check out minor threat check out you know uh chromags and shit like that like we, he we kind of you know agent orange like a lot of the old stuff was what i was like handed at right. the time and this is like my personal journey like I, and then from there you know in 2004 2005 i discover righteous jams and i'm like oh shit like people still make this kind of music that's fucking cool and like they play you know these vfw shows on long islands and and you know then you meet people and you make friends and 
And then you, you discover new bands that way and you get into the new shit. But like, I really, you know, I started with a lot of the old stuff and I really connected with like victim in pain and, uh, you know, cause for alarm and Chromex, yeah. obviously, you know, age of quarrel and, 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 and yada, yada, a lot of the New York stuff. Cause it was just like, Oh, this is, this is where I live. You know, it was, it came at a time when I was like discovering not just myself, but like where I was in relation to the rest of the world and like what that meant and what I gravitated towards and the music I listened to. So I, I have a deep appreciation for the classics. And I think like getting into hardcore in general, depending on where you are, you know, being from New York, it's like that has such a rich hardcore history to it. So it's like, if you are into this music and you're not listening to the classics, it's like, what the fuck, what are you, what are you doing? Like, right. you're not really, you're not really about it. You know what I mean? And let me pull um, in here because that's such a great point. And it gives me a pivot here for a few other things. Cause I think you're right. I think the geo local is so big for all three of us and Patrick as well. Many people who listen to this, depending on where you're at, yo, uh, this past weekend, we just had two big festivals. The, uh, still won't break fest in Northeastern Pennsylvania and Scranton Wilkesbury area. And, the Promcore Festival out in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And we're seeing more of these, you know, there's the Midwest Midwest Blood, uh, which became, what did they change the name? Yeah, LDB. LDB Festival. Right? Um, there's lots, there's these little fests and pockets of things popping up where, where I, I want to say there's like making a scene moments. If anybody's not familiar, there's a book called Making a Scene that's about mid-80s New York hardcore, and it's mostly a photo book. Um, but it's really interesting and it's fascinating to see it because when you talk to people from New York, there's the old New York scene, which is the early 80s. And then in the mid 80s, it explodes and it's kind of this influx of energy. And you see these people and, you know, whereas before it was kind of this desperate, weird conglomeration of people, all of a sudden it coagulates and you have people who are like, no, no, this is now a thing and we can support it and grow it by doing X, Y, and Z. We're seeing that on a national level. And what you said makes a lot of sense, Eric, in that because you were from New York, it made a lot of sense to you to know about bands from New York. And I mean, being from New Jersey, New York was that, you know, it was kind of like handed to us as a phone book, you know, dictionary history of, yeah. and you, you know, you go and you find out the other bands, you you're interested in that stuff too, of course, but it's, it's kind of fascinating to think, and to go, well, you know what, Eric, if you were from Kentucky, you would you would still have this wealth to look back. We did this Midwest hardcore episode that was really fun and really well received. Thank you, everybody, for the nice comments about it. Uh, we are planning on different ideas to talk about more geo stuff that like that, geographic type things. But like let's let's flip it. If you're from Atlanta, Tom, correct me on this. There are bands from Atlanta from the 90s. A, a good Correct. wealth of them. Yep. Foundation is essentially the agnostic front, the minor threat, the whatever, yep. for a lot of, of Atlanta hardcore. I don't say that in some kind of dismissive way to the bands that they were in directly before that or the bands that were going on 10 years before that. Right, the bands from the 80s. They just didn't... They Foundation became this like no, no, this is bedrock. This is the foundation of, no pun intended, no, yeah. this is the the building blocks of what uh, is going on today and continue. So, Eric, if you were from Metro Atlanta, 
Hi, I'm Daniela Clark. I'm Barbara Ann Wild. And we are The Honest AF Show. Our podcast is real honest conversation with our celebrity friends and pros. Covering our anything but average rock and roll lifestyles. All while tackling the hell that is aging and the battle of beauty. Oh yeah, nothing is off the table. The Honest AF Show is available wherever you get your podcasts. You might not have reason to go, hey, let me really dig into the hardcore history of somewhere far away. Though... We see that from some of these people. We see that from people from everywhere who really decide like, hey, no, I, I want to learn more about this. I, but, but things move so far away that we sometimes lose sight of that, I think. Yeah. Well, I, I think someone from like, you know, another part of the country might look at that stuff and be like, oh, yeah, this is cool. You know, but maybe they're not as as enthused by it or not. Like it didn't imprint on them as much, you know, with the local aspect of it, of me being clo- like, I felt like obligated. Like it was like. Oh, you like hardcore? You have to fucking listen to Crown of Thorns. Like it's 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 it is required listening because they are from Queens and you are from Queens. Like, do you like hardcore or don't you? Like, if you like that, uh, you know. And there's certain New York bands that I'm not as big on. Like me and Pat often tiff about like like 108 never really imprinted on me. But like you know you know what I mean. Like that is New York hardcore. I mean, there's certain bands that I love and there's 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 others that I don't jock as much. But uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I felt like a personal obligation to like know about this music to like if I was going to, you know, be involved in it on any level. But I don't know, like I, I and I wonder, you know, to the kid growing up in New York now that gets into hardcore, do they feel the same way? Maybe not. Like, honestly, like hardcore, like the what's going on right now, like the amount of bands and the amount of kids making music and the ability to talk through the Internet and stuff like that. Like when I was that age, I we only had like B9. And like, I didn't even really use it because people were mean. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right, right. It was like a brutal place. And I was like, I don't like this. And like, I was one of them. Yeah, I I just kind of kept to myself. But like, you know, I there might not be as much interest in the old shit like that. It might be too boomer for kids. Where I'm at personally is like, like given those two options, like the military gun show or the or the sheer terror one. I like military gun. They have the young guy vibe going on. They have that energy. Yeah. I, you know, they are a fun band to see live where I'm at right now. I might go to the sheer terror Slapshot show only because what I was saying earlier, and maybe it's just my own sort of perspective on mortality. That's just like, you know, these bands aren't going to be around forever. And I want to be able to say that I've seen them as many times as I have. Because once you'd want like, to, right? Once the, you know, and I'm not saying I'm not saying like these guys are going to drop dead. They're not that old, but like you know, they you know, as you get older, you slow down, and maybe they're not. You know, maybe next year, Sheer Terraces. Ah, you know, I don't fucking feel like doing this shit anymore. Right. You know, like so. You just took this to such a dark place, but you're not wrong at all. You know, <laughs> I mean, and, and there's no like explaining fucking, that to yeah. a 19 year old. There's no to someone who's 19, and it's like yeah. that's old man shit. I don't give a fuck. No, I, I mean. It is interesting. Oh, by the way, just as an, an aside, I don't know if either of you have really spent time with that Spice record. Um, it's very good. It's really, really good. I think, it, Eric, you if you haven't, you really should check it out. It's uh, it keeps coming up on my like Spotify shuffle, and I got to give it a more. I give it, give it, give a, it a give it a good headphones. Listen. I think you can listen to it while you're doing work stuff or something. So yeah, uh, it's worth it. It's 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 fun. And I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think it's like a. Uh, it might have passed. Some people might have passed over it because it's just slightly adjacent to things. Yo, it's 
bold. It tries different stuff, but it's super tuneful. And there's at least two or three tracks on there that are just bangers. Yeah. Um, all right, yo, uh, Eric, we're going to have you back on maybe, maybe you know, more frequently. We, we miss you. Um, it's good Sick. to talk yeah, to you. Definitely. Before we go, uh, I want to hit you guys with some New York rapid fire. Been spreading ourselves around. We're going to do a little New York hardcore rapid fire. I tried to. There's bands in the New York canon that often get compared to each other. So I tried to 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 mix the names in a hat this time. So uh, I'm going to go back and forth. I'll start with Tom, then Eric, then Eric, then Tom. So Tom, you're going to start us off this time. And then we'll get Eric Antidote or Reagan Youth. This is me. This is you. Uh, antidote Eric wow uh, that first of all is very difficult I love both I like I love Same. that antidote seven inch yeah. and I'm, I, I probably go Reagan youth because oh. it's it's so of its time and it like didn't really it I yeah I gotta go Reagan youth you know what's funny Tom I think you'll agree with this I, I probably lean antidote too by the way but antidote has had many more moments and like resurgences of interest yeah whereas reagan youth it feels like has kind of always maintained a steady beat that's much quieter than antidotes like antidotes gotten like is almost notorious it's it's such a huge influence on stuff like chromax uh af youth of today etc yeah yeah but reagan youth like i I think there's people out there in the sound of our voice who've heard antidote and know antidote but still kind of don't know reagan youth is that reagan youth discography still in print Remember when they did that, like, yeah, because you know, it was easy. Yo, the Reagan Youth CD, like, it was easy when I was to a get kid. That. It was super yeah. easy to fucking find. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was an easy one, and and then Antidote was hard. Maybe it was the seek. You know, the the fact that you had to Maybe. find it made it harder. I mean, and Reagan Youth has such a fucking sad, terrible fucking story. Yep, yep, yep. Like that, I, I think makes them even more romantic. Yeah, yeah. More, I, I think you know. I'm, I'm in. I'm Google in love with the romance here. Yeah, yeah. Look into it. They were like such a moment that was so short lived, and they were fucking incredible. And then they like started doing drugs and got weird, and then obviously it had that tragic, you know, uh, ending. But like, yeah, I guess I'm I'm more wistful about the romance. Like, it's just something I wish I was there for. Totally. Yeah, All right. That's uh, fair. Whereas I've seen I've seen Antidote a bunch of times. Yeah. Eric, Eric, kick us off. Chromags or Murphy's Law? Oh my God! <laughs> yeah, that's fucking. That sucks. Fuck. I mean, Chromags, but I do love me some Murphy's Law. I've seen Murphy's Law probably more than any other band I've ever seen. Um, oh wow! They they would do, uh, like, they would do a New Year's show, a St. Patrick's show, a <laughs> yep. Halloween show. <laughs> Uh, uh, Jimmy G's birthday show all at the trash bar from like 2008 to 2015 when it closed. Yeah. And I was at all those shows and God damn it. It was so much fucking fun. Um, I, saw, I saw a Murphy's Law Christmas show somewhere in North Jersey, maybe the cricket club. I don't know. Somewhere in North Jersey in the early 2000s. And it was both incredible, fun, hilarious and awful because they played for triple the amount of time they should but it was still it was still like one of those indelible like no nah, i wouldn't trade this for anything moments you know i mean it, it's it's they're one of those bands where they're like they're just fun like such a different vibe than chromags chromags is like i want to fucking like 
rip my skin off and bring about the Kali Yuga and like end the world and shit, like, and just stage dive cartwheel, like kill people. <clears throat> Whereas Murphy's law is like, I'm going to crack this beer and spray it everywhere. And yeah, I'm going to get fucking drunk. Like that's totally different thing. I mean, ultimately I guess I go Chrome eggs, like just from a musical standpoint, but fuck man, Murphy's law is so much fun. Tom. <laughs> I mean, I'd have to go Chrome eggs just because of age of quarrel. Yo, but Maybe not so hard of a take. Murphy's Law has be- more better records than Age Quarrel. More Yo, good Tom, records. Than Tom, Age would Quarrel. you agree with me if I was going to rank their records, put them all in a, a line? I go Age of Quarrel, number one by a sure. fair amount. Then I do the first two Murphy's Law records. Murphy's Law and yeah. Back with a Bong. Like I, but that's two. I might even three. put Best of Times after that. Really? Yeah. I might, I might. It's a fun, it's a fun record. Yeah. Even though they they yeah. swear it off now because they were, they Different took, thing. they had a lot of money for production and stuff, and he did a lot of drinking <laughs> and drugs. But it's a great. No, you that was my it. entry point. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I would go like yeah, Age of Quarrel, three Murphy's Law records in a row. All oh, the best wishes. I don't best know. Best wishes. Man. Best wishes. I think I've, creeps in there for me. <laughs> yeah, it has to best be. Best wishes. Has to be, yeah. yeah. Quarrel and best wishes at the top, and then yeah, the but but you're right. Murphy's Law has has more fun records, but but Age of Quarrel and 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 best wishes are like they're just so good, they're so genre defining, and like that yeah, I I got to put those above. Okay, Tom, Agnostic Front or Killing Time? Why are you doing oh. this thing? Yo, yeah, I didn't. I just. Pick, I know because it's not a question I hear get asked, even though we talk about these goddamn bands all the time. You know how many goddamn DMs we're gonna get after this shit? It's okay. You guys are. <laughs> yeah, Brooklyn versus Queens. Let's go. And fucking emails and nonsense. So AF or Killing or Time. Killing you're, time. you're picking two things you love. Yeah, this is really a very difficult. Um. See again, it's the same kind of idea. I'm gonna have to go. Oh no, it's the opposite idea. Kill Brightside is my favorite record of these two bands. I think I knew that. Yep. But I mean, I think I've said that a thousand times. I'm people are probably sick of me hearing it, hearing of it from me. But AF <laughs> has like five more records that I like before I listen to like the method. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So raw, raw deal demo to them. Yeah. True. All right, Eric, where are you at? Yeah, this is brutal. This is such a brutal question. I mean, Brightside is like a perfect New York hardcore record. No it's question. Like it, it, it's it encapsulates the sound, the vibe, the it's it's perfect. But Agnostic Front, I have to give it to I have to give it to them because they they are predecessors. They came first, and Victim and Pain cause for alarm. They're just those are such a cause for alarm, especially like the cross. I have a special place in my heart for all the crossover stuff because it just, it blends the element, the best elements of hardcore and like thrash metal, the artwork, you know, like just everything about it. Yeah. Yo, it's just, that is, that's somewhere in my soul is a Sean Taggart, you know, uh, album artwork, with with just fast thrash and then like you get like a neither neither of these bands have it but i feel like part of the aesthetic is like a claymation music video you know what i mean oh yeah like uh like green jelly three little pigs like all that together is just that's so much a part of 
who I think of myself as. You so know, I got to give it to Agnostic Front. It's the it's the future now. Uh, can some one of these talented hardcore artists collabo with Sean Taggart and do an animated version of like do an animated video for um for for cause for a long like do like anthem, like remake you know, the anthem oh, video or or no i want i want all the characters of off the cover of cause for alarm oh uh, okay. for for the eliminator i want i want an animated oh. video how good would that be somebody do that uh free uh million dollar idea that won't make a dollar but it just yeah. make the world a cooler place all right um Tom I want. Off. I want real quick. I want like. I want a band like Dead Heat to do a claymation music video. Oh, good call. That's a good call too. Mm. All right, uh, Eric, start us off. Breakdown or Youth of Today? See, I don't oh, know. Break- this one might yeah. be easy for you. Okay, you're saying this one's. Breakdown. This one's pretty. I do. I do. I know I'm PK this episode, but I do like Youth of Today. But Breakdown, come on, that's okay. Breakdown is like top three New York hardcore bands for me. Wow, Tom, where are you? Uh, I mean, all things considered, of what we talked about about an hour ago, <laughs> it's got to be youth, youth today. Breakdown is great. Breakdown is fucking best hardcore demo ever. But yeah, today, youth today. pretty great. Yeah, t- take a stand. Um, Tom, kick us off. We only got a couple more of these: urban waste or kraut. I don't know how either of you feel about kraut. Kraut's pretty great, and I think like if you ask like an OG, they'd probably go kraut. But um, I'm going to go Urban Waste. I feel like that's up there. And over, uh, that's, you know, after AF, it's like Antidote, Reagan Youth, Urban Waste for me. Like in that general time era, time yeah, zone. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the Urban Waste stuff is completely over, overlooked. And it was fucking great. I, I lean that way, too. Eric, where are you at? Yeah, I'm, I'm exactly with Bob. That, that, that Urban Waste 7 inch. Tom. Tom. Sorry. Fuck. <laughs> three letter names it's okay um yeah that 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 seven inches is great it's perfect um, yeah it it really is perfect and yeah it fits right in with that like early af reagan youth it's yeah his, face, just, his voice was sick yeah i'm just a copy and paste tom's answer all right um then start us off on this one eric gorilla biscuits or leeway Ooh. <laughs> see how I mixed the I mixed the names in the hat a little bit this time. I wanted to just give it a slightly different feel. I I personally go leeway. However, I can I totally understand why uh, uh, anyone else would go Gorilla Biscuits. I like start today is such and in the seven inch. They're such those are uh, like foundational records but again i just have that special place in my heart for the crossover stuff so and i i love leeway tom where are you at on that question i feel like this is <laughs> this is especially pulling it this hurts my heart directions yeah this hurts um i mean start today is top five hardcore records but leeway has four good lps yeah two incredible lps and then two like Open Mouth Kiss and Adult Crash, both pretty awesome. They're just not born to expire or desperate measures. So I'm going. I'm going leeway. Wow. Okay. I was. I had Surprising. no idea. I thought. I, I, yeah, I just I had no idea sure. which way you were going to go. I knew it was going to really pull at you because you do love leeway. So yes. Last two. 
let's do this one. Life of Agony or Biohazard? Tom, start us off. Oh, that's hard. That's oh, so man. hard. Yeah. Um, I mean, they both pretty much have, well, Biohazard actually has a third record. That's good. Life of Agony kind of peters out after two. Um, River Runs Red is one of my favorite records ever. I'm going Life of Agony. All right. Yeah. Eric. Uh, this is such, I don't know if I can even answer this one. This is so brutal. Hold on quick. Um, Do you own a t-shirt for either band? I don't actually. That's okay. That's okay. Kind of I'm incredible. a little surprised actually. Okay. Have you moshed for either band? Of course. Of course. I would. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've, I've both, I have and would mosh for both bands. Um, fuck, you know, maybe I, I think well, I give it to I think I give it to Life of Agony because they, as great as Biohazard is, Life of Agony, they 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 like blur genre lines almost a little bit. You know what I mean? Just like the style of vocals and everything. Like they had something kind of different going on. Um, so did Biohazard. Yeah, they did. That's true. It's ah oh, man. Um, I mean, who really said? I mean. Who was Biohazard really going for? Like they didn't really say. Like they were like, "Yeah, we love the Chromags," and I asked them, "Like you don't sound like either of those bands." It's true. That's true. But well, LOA that's, had that's River Runs Red and Ugly. Yeah. Biohazard had the Maze record, which was really good. Urban Discipline, which is fucking incredible. Incredible. And Save the World Address, which I kind of drop off at, also kind of great. That's <sighs> what. That's tough, man. But I think River yeah. Runs Red. Beats them all, but I think Biohazard has again more good records. See, this is the interesting thing between between me and you guys, and it's I think it's sort of indicative of the generational divide a little bit. That it's like you guys kind of look at things more of like in like a sequential sort of sense, whereas I was like because I grew up in the early thousands, you know, late nineties, early thousands. Like I was sort of just kind of a lot of these records were handed to me at the same time. So like the, right. the time perspective is kind of warped for me. So like I might put biohazard in the name camp as Madball, you know, cause I don't, I don't really see these things as like, you know, but like life another. of agony is just very different. You know what I mean? Like it's, it, 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 they sort of separate themselves from, from the rest of the New York hardcore pack in a way. And I think it's mostly through the, the, the style of the vocals. Okay, last one. And Eric, you get to kick us off. I think this one might be easy for you. But Tom, I think it might be hard for. Eric, Judge or Marauder? Oh, <laughs> I go Marauder. I mean, Master Killer is probably top five New York hardcore albums for me. I fucking love that album. Um, again, it's just like a... It it blends like perfect elements of like heavy metal and 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 hardcore and it I yeah a judge judge is great but they never really imprinted on me in the way that like other New York hardcore bands do so I I I go uh, I go Marauder for sure Tom where are you at I gotta be honest I feel like you're talking to me this one this one I had where all I, of these you're like how can we fuck with Tom how can we no, make it Sunday night no Just, you know why because <laughs> you love all this New York see I think you've thought of a lot of like Okay, like a, a Marauder versus Biohazard, or or like right, the like easy leeway one. versus Killing Time, or 
AF versus Chromex, a lot of those. But when you just mix the names in the hat a little bit, makes it a little bit more difficult. You just have to think about it in a different way. And this one, I was just trying to think because I know you love, I mean, you love a lot of these bands, but I know you yeah. have a spot for Judge and I know yeah. you have a spot for Marauder. So. One Hit Thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know. Each week, we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget. And we decide if they brought the One Hit Thunder or nothing more than a one hit blunder. Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh and I guarantee you're going to crush next time the bar has music trivia. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods. Yeah, I mean, fuck. Um, and this one, I know, well, to, to speak yeah. to Eric's comment about like looking at things differently, because you're right, everybody kind of has different experiences with that. Tom has the, I was personally really there for Marauder, but yes, also yeah. with Judge, you you grew up with them as like this ever-present, like, oh, fucking Judge, you know what I mean? And then right, you got that, to see I'm him never going to see that band. Yeah. And then you got to see him and, and like, yo, when those Judge reunions first happened, that was like pretty magical shit, so... I'm probably going to have to go Marauder just because they were like my hometown band. Yeah. I, w- I was thinking that would be the straw. I you fucking, I mean? I mean, those judge records are just fucking incredible, but I just like how, you know, Eric says like imprinted. It's like, you know, 16 year old Tom seeing like the minus era of Marauder. It was pretty, pretty life changing for me. So yeah, I'm going to have to go Marauder. So fucking sick. That was a whole lot of New York for everybody. Thank you. Hey, uh, hey, Eric, thank you for joining us. You will be thank back. You. Thank you for having me. Seriously. Tom, we're not done. We've got a little surprise for everybody today. That's right. We got a we got a, a set from the live from Axe to Grind. Yes, go ahead and um, announce it. W- sure. One of the best straight edge bands going from Long Island and Delaware and probably I think Massachusetts. They're all over the Northeast and the uh, Mid-Atlantic. Northeast hardcore, yeah. Reign of Salvation. Let's do it. Welcome to Axe to Grind. My name is Bob. Joining us today is Reign of Salvation. Guys, come on up. Introduce yourselves. I'm TJ. I'm James. I'm Sal. I play drums. I'm Mike. And I'm Zach. Yo, thank you guys for joining us on the Jersey Shore today. I know it was kind of a... A commute, not too bad, right? Not too far. No, no, no okay. No, no. Pretty, pretty easy. Okay. Well, <clears throat> I do have some questions for you. They're a little different than we normally do. Try to keep it light. So, who wants to take the first question? I okay. Get up there, James. <laughs> oh man. All right, James. Nice to meet you. Who is the best bowler in the band? That's really hard. Uh, me. I'm the best at everything in the band. Oh. So. <laughs> Just want to put that out there. Okay, okay. Are you the best singer in the band? Absolutely. Oh, wait, we have some dissenting opinions. I would like to get TJ's opinion. Who is the best singer in Reign of Salvation? Harold Griffin. Whoa. Yo, that's beef. Um, Sal. Oh, yes. I hear you are not a car guy. No. No. You don't drive. No. 
Any reason why? Oh, just natural anxiety. Okay. So, if you had your choice of any vehicle, any type of vehicle at all, what would it be? Uh, one that moves. One that moves. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be part and parcel with the vehicle part. I'm letting you anything. Submarine, horse, scooter, pogo stick, whatever you want. What do you uh, want? A hoverboard. Ooh, good choice. <laughs> How fast would it go? Um, let's say it's going to cap out at 75. 75 miles per hour? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's a fast hoverboard. Okay. Uh, that's why I was like, <clears throat> I need to hear. Sal, stay up. I need to tell me who has the best handshake in the band. Mr. Mike Morazzo, um, he has the best handshake in the entire universe. All right, Mike, please Do you want to experience it? Um, I'm not sure I do. Mike, please step to the mic. Okay. Can you tell me about your handshake? <laughs> um, just a lot of hard labor as a young kid. What kind of labor? Uh, just like working in a warehouse. Oh, I've been there. My handshake's not that firm. Was it... Was it were you tortured by the other people there? What, what's the deal? <laughs> no, no, no torture. Well, I heard it's famous, so I appreciate that. You're going to stay here. I don't know if you're the right guy for this, but what's the best cannoli in New York? All right, TJ. TJ's the guy for this one. Okay. I'm a big fan of Fortunato Brothers in Brooklyn. Okay, Fortunato Brothers. Are there any dissenting opinions? No, no, no. Okay. No. Your brothers and Koyo had some differences in their opinions here. Um, James, step to the mic. What's up? Each member is a pastry. (laughs) What type of pastry would they be? And none of this cop out. We'd all be the same one. So we all can't be a cannoli. You all can't be a cannoli. (laughs) All right. This is real. TJ would definitely be a cannoli. Okay. I would be a lobster tail. Oh, God. What what kind what what kind of filling in that lobster tail? Custard. Sal put me onto it. So I'm taking it from him. I'm sorry. Beautiful. Sorry, Sal. Um, so that would probably be a, like a donut. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what's like the hardest, most evil fucking pastry possible? I mean, I'm thinking of a, a three-day-old Italian cookie or that's, something. That's fucking Morazzo. Okay, okay. That's a handshake. Zach is like, what's something that like, like I don't know, just like hits on like a whole another level? Fuck, mm. I don't know, dude. Eclair? Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, a rainbow cookie. That's oh. good. Yeah, yeah. Zach's the fucking rainbow cookie. All right. I like that. All right. All right. Hang on. Let's see. Um, bad answers. James, you got to stay up. <laughs> All right. So, Reign of Salvation is a straight edge band. Yes. However, more importantly, you're a band that stretched across multiple states. Who does the most driving? It's me. Uh, I, sure. cut, I drove from Delaware. Um, and then Zach, for a while, drove from Boston. The rest of these fuckers lived like 10 minutes from each other. So, they got to cop out. Oh, that's pretty good. That's we'll, a good we'll deal. Sal, yeah, Sal, I, Sal can't I, drive. I, te- <laughs> I pick Sal, but I'm technically his ride for everything. <laughs> Okay, so you guys can pick who answers this one. I want to hear who are the biggest influences on Reign of Salvation. I would, I would say probably Buried Alive, Foundation, Indecision, and Turmoil. Okay, very good. And stay up here. If Reign of Salvation was a movie, what movie would it be? Oh. <laughs> this is a good question. You guys can That's talk really it over. Good question. Should we confer? We're, yeah, they're going to they're going to they're going to call a lifeline. Uh Adam if that's do, 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 do. <laughs> So Adam Silver's being <laughs> thrown out so there. Hate click? I hate click. You're a piece of shit. Dude. I hate the movie Click. click. Good. click sucks. Yeah. Happy Gilmore's number 1. Happy Gilmore. Right, Who's Chubbs? I like this. <laughs> Sean, they're deliberating. This is the first deliberation in an interview. 
I think it's because we're allowing it, right? Okay. All right, here it comes. We're gonna. We have our answer. We're going to answer Billy Madison because we are stupid. Everyone, (laughs) this is Reign of Salvation. Time to desperation.
Thank you, Extra Grind, for having us. This is our last one.